Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Well, the Blazers made a trade. Maybe they'll make another one. Sean Hyken, Bleacher Report and the Rose Garden Report. Does a terrific job covering the Blazers in the NBA. Hyken's joining us now. What do you know, Sean? Uh, what was your reaction as the Blazers traded for Jeremy Grant today? I was a little bit surprised that it happened today, as opposed because I, I just figured at this point that, you know, we would kind of wait to see how everything developed uh, Tomorrow night, uh, you know, as it got closer to the seventh, I never thought the seventh pick was going to be in play for Jeremy Grant, but I just figured that this would be a situation where maybe some of their deals that they maybe had lined up for, uh, you know, guys that they would be trying to get with the seventh pick uh, would fall through, and then they would just decide to take somebody with that pick and then use, you know, other stuff to get Jeremy Grant as their fallback uh, option. But I guess that deal just came together today, and it was, you know, for a lot less than I think a lot of people thought that they would, uh, that anybody would have to give up to get Jeremy Grant. And so uh, I guess now they go in with, you know, at, at, the, at the very least, they made one big win now move going into draft night. Really, you know, doesn't really matter what else they do with their pick or what, or what else they do tomorrow. When you see Jeremy Grant in, in a lineup, let's just assume Damian Lillard's healthy and he's who uh, who we expect him to be. How far away are they from being a, let's just say, not just a bubble team participating in a play-in game, but, you know, how much more work, how much lifting is left to do? Well, I think a lot is going to depend on what happens in the next couple of weeks. If they're able to trade for OG and Anobi, for example, tomorrow, then, you know, there's a lot closer to, you know, being one of the actual teams in the mix in the West than if they, you know, they trade, uh, or, you know, if they just decide not to make a trade, keep their pick, then you're probably looking at, a play-in type of team. I know they're trying to do something with the number seven pick. I think, that, you know, there's a, there's a scenario where they make the pick, but I think they're trying to trade it. You know, OG and John Collins are the two guys that you've kind of heard as the guys that they're targeting. But uh, I, I, I think if one of those happens, then, you know, it, it's going to be a lot easier to evaluate everything there. I think right now this is, this is the first step of whatever Joe Cronin's plan is in the uh, next couple of weeks. If this is the only big move that they make, then, yeah, you're probably looking at a play team. But if they do something else, then maybe they could be better than that. If they do, and Chris Haynes reporting that the, the Blazers are in pursuit of OG Ananobi, but if they do make that second trade, is it a signal that you know they're not at all interested in waiting around for a twenty-year-old to develop? They, they they're just trying to be as good as they can possibly be next season. And and how, if so, how does that strike you versus maybe building a little? That's been the signal the whole time. Is that you know they they let Damian Lillard basically take this whole year off to get healthy and address that ab issue. He hasn't given them any signal that he wants to be traded and, they, and, and or that he's looking to leave. And so they figure that while they have, you know, a top 10 player who has been the cornerstone of the franchise in the city for the last 10 years, 
their goal is to try to win now with him and try to, you know, build on his timeline as opposed to building for the future. And, and you know, I, I suppose they could try to strike a balance, like what the Warriors uh, were able to do this year where they had, you know, the, the old guard, the Steph, Clay, Draymond, you know, that, that group, Andrew Wiggins, and then also have some younger guys like Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga and, you know, you know, try to win now while also developing guys at the same time. That's something that a lot of teams have tried to do over the years. It's a very tough balance to strike. And basically the Warriors team that just won the title is the only team that that I can remember that's been able to do that successfully. And so I think that if, if, if given the choice, I mean, yes, maybe like the greater upside play for, uh, you know, down the, down the line would be to take somebody at seven and then not really worry about Dane's timeline. But when you have a guy like Dane, the whole point of having somebody like that is to try to win with him. And whatever you, you know, whoever you trade that pick for, whether it be OG Ananobi, John Collins, whoever else, maybe there's somebody else on the board that we don't even know about right now, you're going to get more out of that player during the next three or four years while Dane is still in his prime than anybody that you're going to draft with that pick. I think that's the thought process there. Sean Hyken with us, Bleacher Report and the Rose Garden Report. What are you doing with the Rose Garden Report? Covering the Blazers pretty regularly, kind of on a day-to-day basis, just doing a lot of – it's kind of – it's honestly not that different from what you're doing, John, with your new uh, website. It, it, you know, you're, you're kind of doing, like, the independent columnist thing. I'm kind of doing the independent Blazers beat writer thing. I love it. You've gone rogue. That's what people are going to tell you. That's what they're telling me. I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> You know, look, Chauncey Billups, how does he fit in this? I always think about players, how they fit together, but also I'm not sure who Billups is as a coach yet because I think he's still a young coach who's figuring out who he is as a coach. But, Sean, what do you see with Chauncey Billups and and the addition of Jeremy Grant, uh, Damian Lillard, and the possibility that they add another veteran player there? I think it's when I've been saying this since the season went sideways, I think it's way too early to judge Chauncey good or bad. You know, he's, it, it, you, you look at his record, it didn't look very good, but you, you do look, you know, over the course of the season, there are, you know, some of those younger guys that they had, like, you know, Trenton Walker is a guy that got a lot of playing time after the season went sideways and got better over the course of the year. And from everything that I know, Chauncey has a good relationship with game. He has a good relationship with, Sorry, with the with the guys on the team, and you know he's uh, you know it's it, it, it's similar in a lot of ways, I guess. To you know, it looked like the Ime Udoka thing in Boston was going to be a complete disaster. The first uh, part of the season, you know, he was doing a lot of the same stuff Chauncey was doing, calling out you know guys' effort after losses as a first year head coach, and uh, then you know they turned it around. Now, obviously, that Boston team had a lot more talent than Portland did, especially after Dame got shut down and they traded everybody, but. I think there's reason to believe that Chauncey is going to end up being a good head coach. It just kind of takes some time, and he's had basically nothing to work with this first year. He was kind of put in a tough spot by uh, the person that built the roster that he inherited that was expected to be a playoff team. You look back at the trades the Blazers made, and there were a lot of people upset. You know, C.J. McCollum, Robert Covington, Norman Powell. It was pennies on the dollar. Does it look better to you now after the Grant trade, or are these things independent of each other? This stuff all exists on a continuum, John. Like it, every every trade, you know, you can look at every single trade in a vacuum and say, "Oh, they didn't get, you know, enough back in this trade." But then, you know, this trade leads to this trade. I and you know, I think also in retrospect, New Orleans unexpectedly making the playoffs and Portland not getting that second lottery pick that they thought they were going to get in the CJ trade. 
that one, you know, that made everything at the deadline look a lot worse. And I actually just wrote this today in the column on the new site uh, that however Joe Cronin, however they got to where they are now with you know, the, the not ideal circumstances that uh, he inherited or, you know, some of the not great return in that trade and some of the stuff that was maybe out of his control, like the lottery, you know, not going their way. This is what they have to work with now. And now he's going to be judged by how he's able to, you know, navigate, you know, threading this needle of, you know, he had limited assets to work with and he's trying to uh, build around Dame and add talent. I think this Jeremy Grant deal is a pretty good start because they didn't really give, they didn't give up any players, really. They, the salary matching is just with that trade exception that they got in the CJ trade. They, the pick that they gave up is a Bucks pick in 2025, which, you know, with how young, you know, Giannis is still going to be in his prime at that point. You would have to think the Bucks are still going to be pretty good. So that pick is probably going to be in the 20s. So, when your goal is to try to win now with a guy like Dane, who's in his early 30s, a pick that's not going to be a very good pick three years down the line is not very much to give up for a guy who you think can help we win now. So I think if, even if they don't do anything else, I think the Blazers are a better team going into the season today than they were you know, four hours ago or however long it's been since they made that trade. And there's more to come. We'll see if any of this stuff comes to fruition just because they're pursuing OG and Anobi right now doesn't mean that trade is going to get done or that they're going to be able to do something else with the pick or that they're going to be able to get who they want in free agency or any of that other stuff. So we'll, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Let me just play devil's advocate. I mean, the market for Jeremy Grant seems soft. Why? Because he's a uh, unrestricted free agent going into, he has one more year left on his contract and whichever team, uh, trades for him you would think is going to have to pay him a extension you know something close i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but something close to you know four years hundred million somewhere around there which seems like a lot of money for jeremy grant if you're detroit if you're in the early stages of a rebuild and you're building around kate cunningham and sadiq bay and whoever they take tomorrow night with the fifth pick paying a guy like jeremy grant that much money to not be your first option is not really on that timeline but if you're portland the idea of paying a guy that much money to be Dane's number two or number three guy while you're trying to make the playoffs and compete right now, I think it makes a little bit more sense and it's a little bit more palatable. But for to answer the question of why there wasn't more of a market for him, it's because you're not just trading for Jeremy Grant. You're trading for Jeremy Grant with the understanding that you're going to pay him what he wants to be paid on the back end of that. And, you know, there are a lot of teams that, you know, purely him as a player, they would be interested, but with that, you know, financial commitment coming in the future, it's not something that they uh, necessarily want to do. And, you know, Portland is one of the teams where the amount of money that they're going to have to pay him for what they're trying to do right now actually does make some sense. We're talking to Sean Hyken, Bleacher Report, and the Rose Garden Report. No, by the way, I'm a subscriber now. Uh, I love that you're doing something independent and you've gone rogue. That's great. Sean, let me ask you, if they do pick at number seven, Let's say they've got the pick, they're on the board. Is there a position, a need, or what is your mindset entering uh, tomorrow's draft? Everything I know about what this front office's mindset is, not just Joe Cronin, who has talked about this, but also Mike Schmitz, who you and I have talked about before, who they just hired as an assistant GM and was a draft analyst at ESPN for a long time. They're in the position where they still – 
even though they have game and they're trying to win now, you have to just take the best player available and take the highest talent upside swing and then figure out the positional fit later. If they draft another guard and then you have to trade Anthony Simons down the line to make room for him, that's fine. You can get a lot for him probably. So as far as who they might take, you know, the guy that you keep hearing is Shaden Sharp, who would be similar, you know, kind of a similar upside pick that maybe would take some long, more time to develop and, also is a little bit less of a positional need. That's a guy that you hear a lot as kind of an upside guy who might be available in that range. Dyson Daniels, the kid out of uh, Australia who played for the G League Ignite uh, last year, is somebody that I have heard that they liked in the workout when they brought him in. So I would, it, they, they, they'll have a few options, but I would expect that they don't end up using that pick tomorrow. Sean, this, uh, this franchise needs, needs, needs a fun season. I don't need him to win at all, but I need him to be fun to watch. I need him to to make the playoffs and, and give us a thrill. I think most people would see that as a huge step forward for a franchise that was – it was a dismal year. Like, is that a pipe dream, or do you think this that the way the NBA is set up today, that the Blazers could be a relevant team, a fun team, uh, enjoyable to watch just a year later? I think it's very possible. I think it, I think I, because of just how miserable last year was and how little we saw of him, I think people are already kind of starting to forget how good Damian Lillard is. Even still, I know he's 32 now, which in NBA terms, he's that old. He might as well just retire, right? But, like, I think people, especially, you know, he just had this ab surgery, and he said that this ab issue has been persistent for him for three or four years. So if he's fully healthy now, Dame alone is going to make, you know, you're going to be one of the best offensive teams in the league if they get, you know, somebody like, you know, if they were able to make this OG Ananobi thing happen, for example, and even like having a full season of Josh Hart, who's an upgrade uh, on the wing defensively, they're at least going to be competitive if they if they get a fully healthy and, you know, back to his old self version of Dame. And so, yeah, the I, I, I mean, it would be pretty hard to be worse than this last year. It, it, let me tell you, as somebody who was at all 41 of their home games last year, it was it was pretty <laughs> rough at times. I think that yeah. at the very least, just having Dame back healthy, that, that alone is going to give you something more to enjoy. And if they're able to do more than that uh, in terms of some of these guys that they're trying to target over the next couple of weeks, then just so much the better. I, I love it. Uh, how can people find uh, the Rose Garden Report? rosegardenreport.beehive.com. And there's a, it's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, your, your, your listeners, I mean, it's actually good that I'm on here with you right now promoting it because your listeners are kind of already familiar with this model because it's what you're doing also that, you know, you there's going to be some stuff that's for free. A lot of it is going to be paywalled. Uh, I'm, I'm writing, I'm working, actually, I'm going to hang up with you and write something on this Jeremy Grant trade that just happened. So that's going to go up later tonight. But yeah, uh, I think if you, you know, if you, if you know me and you know my work and, you know, covering the team over the, over the years, I think. You know, you, you probably know what you're going to get, and I hope that it's it's going to be worth people's time. Look, I wish you the best. Uh, I, I, you know, when you said you were doing it, I, I uh, hunted it down and I subscribed. So, Sean, keep up the good work and encourage people to check that out. Sean Hyken, thank you. I'll talk to you soon, John. All right, there he is. Blazers on the clock with the seventh pick tomorrow in the draft. Jeremy Grant in the uh, in pocket. And, you know, as you hear it talked about, and when I first saw it, I thought, well, there has to be more to this trade. Because I thought, he, he's worth more than that. Like, why wouldn't they have taken a better deal from someone else? But when you consider the real possibility that there are some teams out there right now that are you know, obviously not willing to uh, take a 
take a contract where they're going to have to pay a guy $20, $21 million and know that they're renting him. And also, when you look at the kinds of players that the Blazers are in play for, uh, you know, it's it, th these are players that I think would fit nicely alongside Damian Lillard, but maybe on other teams where where bigger stars are playing in those positions, you you know, you don't necessarily uh, think that there would be that much interest in a Jeremy Grant. But if he has a nice season, the Blazers now become uh, a real possibility to to uh, sign him and retain him. And if he doesn't, then, you know, you're renting for a year. I, here's my thing. And, Peter, help me out with this. My expectations are so low. I just want this team to be fun. Is that possible? Can they just be fun? Is that going to be enough? Yeah, I I think that Sean kind of hit it on the head, too, where already people have sort of forgotten about Damian Lillard. You saw it with the Golden State Warriors. When Curry had the broken hand, they sat him out. Already people were like, well, we don't know what Curry's going to bring. Uh, yeah, it turns out we do know that. I think Dame's going to be similar. And I think I expect them to make the playoffs. Do I expect, expect them to get out of the first round? Eh, probably not. But I think after the year we had, that's enough for the fan base just to actually have something to cheer for for a year, then after that the expectations will climb again. There you go. I want your phone calls on this. You want to talk about this trade? Feel free. Weigh in now at 503-417-7575. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, today is, this is going to be a historic show, Peter. Do you know why? I do not. Well, you're on the board. You should, you should have been, you should be tuned into this. Do you know what I've done today? The first time in a long time? Hmm. I've been on time today. <laughs> That's Every true. segment. Yeah. <laughs> Every segment. That's beautiful. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it wasn't like somebody said, hey, you need to be on time. I just, in the first segment, I was trying to be really careful to stay on time because um, it was like we had a guest coming at 3.30, and I thought, well, I don't want to be running behind in that second segment. So I got out on time, and then the Jeremy Grant trade happened, and then the guest came along, and then uh, top of the hour, I have to be out. So all of a sudden, I was like a guy who had uh, been throwing like a one-hit shutout, and I was like, well, let's just keep it going, keep throwing strikes. Uh, I'm going to stay on time. Uh, I'm also going to remind our listeners that you can grab a podcast of the show anytime, anywhere, any place. You're taking a flight, you're taking a drive, you can grab a podcast of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. This is one of these things where we're not I'm not asking you for anything. I'm not gonna ask you to, to pay for anything. I'm not gonna ask you to make a sacrifice. Uh the podcast is done as a courtesy to you. Uh we love to have it widely available. I love listeners of the show. I love new podcasters. I know more people are podcasting. I'm not going to bore you by explaining to you what a podcast is. I had uh, I had a couple years ago, I had uh, an editor tell me, she says, uh, is your podcast a national podcast? And I said, what do, you, what do you mean is it a national podcast? She says, it is available nationally. I said, what are you talking about? All podcasts, by their nature, are Global, like you could be in Helsinki and listen to the podcast. In fact, we have listeners in Helsinki. I know this because we get the data. Uh, we have listeners all over the world. So I'm not going to bore you by telling you what a podcast is, but if you have an Apple iPhone, I don't know if you have uh, 
by the way, it's one of the most annoying things ever when one of your friends does not have an iPhone. Peter, do you have an iPhone? No way. Yeah, because I go to text you, <laughs> and I have to pull my phone out. I can't, like, shoot you a message on iMessage on my laptop because you're not available. So I, it, it's one of these things. If you have an iPhone, here's what you do. You go to the Purple Podcast app. It's purple. It comes preloaded on the phone. It's generally on the second page when you uh, scroll through your apps. And um, you just click on it. And then in the lower right corner, there's a search function. Makes sense. You search for bald-faced truth. You won't even get to truth. It'll give you the bald-faced truth. And then click subscribe. That locks us in a relationship. Now, all this summer, it may be hot. It may be cool. The days may be long or short. I don't know which. Uh, wherever you may be, though, you can get the podcast. And it will keep us connected whether you are, you know, I heard today from a school teacher who said the end of the school year, you know what that means? It means I can't listen to your show live on my way home from school because we're on now 3 to 6 p.m. statewide. Well, what you can do is you can get the podcast of the show if you are not able to catch it live. Of course, if you're listening in Eugene on Fox Sports Eugene, 10.50 a.m., shout out to Steve and the team. I'd love for you to be able to listen to the show live. Or if you're listening in Klamath Falls, love that you're here and you call in. If you're listening in Douglas County and, and uh, in Roseburg, uh, I love 14.90 a.m., I love that you're able to get the show or 7.50 the game in the Portland area in southern Washington. Love that you can get it live. But if you need the podcast what i'm saying is the podcast will be available to you grab it utilize it whatnot uh we are uh we are a day away from what will be a pretty cool day in the nba now i know the nba is not for everyone so part of tomorrow's show we're going to talk college football because it's what i like to talk about and i'm not going to lie like I said, I kind of tipped my hand earlier, and I and I frankly tipped my hand this morning when I you know sent out my newsletter, and wrote at johnconzano.com. But if if you are a Blazer fan who's hoping that your team can get to the NBA Finals, I need you to pump the brakes. Okay, it's it's cool that you have ambition. It's cool that you have hope. I'm all about raising the bar, but. I believe that the first step here for the Blazers, the natural step of progression, progression, so to speak, for the Blazers, is getting to a point where they have an enjoyable, fun, relatable, uh, carefree season. I just want the fans who are paying to go see this team play to not finish the year and go, oh, I didn't go to any games because it wasn't any fun. Don't do that. Really. You don't need to do that. And... And uh, I, I talked to a season ticket holder just the other day who told me uh, that he had season tickets. He said he barely went last season. That's sad to me. It's not just that it's a waste of, of you know, hard-earned money. It's that you bought the tickets hoping that the team would be worth a damn. And then you realized in the end it's, you know, it's just not all that fun. And he told me he's not even like a diehard basketball person. He told me that the, it just wasn't fun to be at the arena because the team wasn't good. And then, therefore, the crowd wasn't into it. Therefore, it felt like it was kind of a dud or an afterthought or maybe people were at the games watching the opposing team or whatnot. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, I feel like uh, I just want this team to be enjoyable and fun to watch. And I think, you know, there are different tiers 
Like I, I think I, I said that a year ago about Oregon State football. Wanted them to get to a bowl game, see what Jonathan Smith could do. They got to the L.A. Bowl. That's cool. Now this season feels a little more tense to me. Feels like the Beavers need to step it up. And for Oregon, Dan Lanning, it's different. I just want to see the identity of this team visible and the identity clear. So there's that. Now, Peter, am I on time still? Yeah. Like, I, I could take this all the way to the end? Uh, Well, no. No. <laughs> we have I need a break. break. Yeah. Well, then I just blew it. I was supposed to be out four minutes ago. Don't jinx the no-hitter, man. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was looking around feeling like, oh, I got a wide-open ten minutes right now. I don't? Unfortunately Damn it. not. All right. We'll be right back. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.